Welcome to a special episode of the She Ventures Now podcast. This podcast episode is brought to you by Uncaged with RobinAnn.com, where virtuous women dominate in purpose, passion, and purity. Tired of being sabotaged by perfectionism and procrastination? Finding it hard to focus on one thing long enough to make real progress? Ready to do whatever it takes to get that passion project done? Then the Women Who Finish 40-Day Devotional book is for you. In this book, Robin Ann coaches you through mindset shifts to fulfill God's call in your life and truly harness your ability to finish what you start instead of feeling stuck and frustrated with where you are. Get your devotional book now at robinann.com forward slash IG. upgrading your career what new milestones come to mind I'm excited about this episode because it's a great reminder about how the change you're wanting in your career starts in your mind back in 2013 I decided to not allow any job to be the ceiling of my career potential I hadn't accomplished much professionally and I wanted a chance to do some exploring establishing and executing one of my milestones included exploring some new avenues of impacting people which included speaking, coaching, and starting a podcast. Another milestone has been establishing SheVenturesNow.com as a hub for coaching and encouragement to millennial women to actually do work they love, especially through my podcast that I launched last year. And another milestone has been establishing myself as a real estate professional. I've graduated with my master's in real estate and I've gotten my real estate license. And so I'm on my way and it's been a serious journey. Since that year in 2013, the biggest mindset shift has been that I can actually create the career that I want instead of waiting for a job. Nevertheless, it all takes time for things to fall into place and to get into your groove and flow. I currently work full time for a real estate company. And while I'm there, I choose to learn how to navigate the corporate workplace so I can have an easier time. With that said, here is part one of the Career Empowerment Roundtable with Danielle Ayodele of ExcelWithDanielle.com and Candice Washington, CEO of Pivotal Impact. Welcome, ladies, to the virtual roundtable on career empowerment. Thank you, thank you, thank you, ladies, for making yourself available. Sure. Of course. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. Of course. It's been a long time coming. I think we've been talking about having this a career empowerment roundtable for about a month and a half, right? Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to talk about part one of the career empowerment roundtable, which is mindsets to milestones. And it's just going to allow for an opportunity of the listeners to get to know you all and also for us to kind of tell the juice of our stories of how we became <laughs> sort of consultants, speakers, um, how we became career coaches, et cetera. And I want to start by just introducing you all. Great. Sure. I can can get started. Um, So as you said, I am the founder of ExcelWithDanielle.com. My main focus through ExcelWithDanielle.com is to help young professionals excel to the next level of their career. I specialize in job search strategy, resume writing, salary negotiation, and also covering topics that are just really near and dear to my heart for people of color in the workplace. 
We face a lot of challenges, but they're things that we can get through if we have the right tips, tools, and support. And so that's what I aim to do. Perfect. Thank you so much, Danielle. Candice, you? Awesome. Yes, thank you. Well, as you mentioned, yes, I am the Chief Learning Officer of Pivotal Impact. Um, I actually am on a mission in life to develop young professionals with real-world leadership skills and marketplace savvy to really help them navigate life and career. What I say is smarter, farther, and faster. I have struggled, you know, transitioning from college to career and all types of barriers that I faced that were beyond the book smarts we learn in school and you know trying to help shorten the learning curves of others that are to come to help them you know gain awareness of what's out there what can what they can potentially run into as they enter their career and help them navigate that a little bit more savvier so it can accelerate their success so I absolutely love what I do every day traveling all across the country trying to you know speak and help these people and they are me so I always say that you know because they're young and diverse, you know, professionals, I've lived the lessons that I teach, and I know Danielle does as well. And so we're just on a mission to, you know, have impact in the world and, and make things better and, and life better for others. Yeah. I think we can all agree, like, there are just some things that you don't learn until you're in the workforce, but you wish you had Completely. Them, right? You, mm. wish you knew them at, like, 15 and 20, and you just graduated. Yes. So... so I'm here, I want this round table to be an experience where we tell our stories of the things that we've learned and I want us to jump right into it. You guys okay. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> okay, perfect. So let's start with just a general question. I'm sure you guys are aware of Coachella and Beyonce coming back. <laughs> I wish I was there. Did you guys watch any of that? Oh yes, over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm like practicing moves in my house. I like. know. <laughs> it's, it's so cool to see, um, you know, icons and music just be so on top of culture, but also be reflective of professional development, right? And sure. be reflective of um, being, uh, I want to say, being masters of your craft. And I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, lover or hater, I feel like you can definitely, hands down, respect her craft. Hands down. Right? Mm -hmm. I want to ask you guys this, because one of the things I've noticed about Beyonce over the years is she's always accredited her family for her work ethic. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to start, very first question to you guys both, and we'll start with you, Candice. Where do you find, where do you get your work ethic from? You know, Beyonce has something going there because I think that, you know, our parenting and our upbringing and our family um, really helped shape our work ethic. And I'll have to say that mine is definitely family. I have to say that for sure. I know that I can really attribute much of my work ethic to my mother. I mean, for years, I watched her in so many like administrative roles in her workplace and in support roles throughout her life and just worked so diligently to add value within organizations and give her best always. Like she was always putting her best foot forward. And I used to look up to her like, gosh, like, like how can I be, you know, like her when I grow up, just even as a small child. So just watching her work so hard. And then more importantly, you know, how hard she worked for us. My, myself being the oldest of three siblings, she never let us down. Yeah. So for me, I always just strive to do my best no matter what. 
and get better always for myself and for others. I want to be that person that, you know, people can rely on mm -hmm. and they know that, you know, I add a certain value and bring a certain work ethic to the table that they know I'm going to go hard all the time. And that's what I, I try to do. I always try to go hard. And so I would say it's attributed to watching my family, watching my mother and just the impact that she's had in my life for sure. Perfect. Perfect. Right, Danielle. Thank you. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with Candace um, that Beyonce is onto something. Family is a huge part of it. I come from a very strong family of, of women who are just beasts at what they nice. do. <laughs> <laughs> They are business owners, they are attorneys, they are doctors, they are accountants. Like the women in my family are just sharp. Mm -hmm. And um, my mother was such a great example of just what hard work looks like. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely get that from them. My grandmothers were all three of them were um, educators and just seeing them, you know, at the front of their classrooms. One of them was even a principal of a school for a while. So just very strong leadership roles and hard workers. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Yeah. For me, you know, I, I come from, I'm a child of immigrants from Jamaica, and my parents are very enterprising people. So they have that entrepreneurial business mindset that I always saw both of them play off of. Mm -hmm. I also saw, and I can also attribute my work ethic to, are two special friends of mine um, who are what I call VRPs. They're very resourceful people. Ah, so that. Nice. As they're going up, they've always given back or like given the resource mm. that took them there. And so I just, I love these two. They're like my besties because they really, I think being around them, I think you guys have heard of Jim Rohn's, um, you're the average mm -hmm. of your five closest people. That yes, that definitely. I attribute a lot of the way I am to those two friends, those besties. So for me, it's really helpful though to, to attack that question and just understand that we all have someone who was a role model for us. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to jump into a book that I started reading earlier on the year. I'm sure you guys are familiar with T.D. Jakes. Are you guys familiar with him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. with a, a new, is it Soar? Is that the one you've been reading? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's been, um, it's, it's really it's really like soul food. I, I have been mm -hmm. wanting someone who have like who has like a grandfather spirit to just mm. talk about business and entrepreneurship. Um, I like that. I feel like he writes with so much soul and so much heart in his yeah. work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I, I started reading it and I enjoyed it. And I wanted to ask you guys, um, one of the things that he brings up in his book, he talks about recognizing the moments in your life that are like seeds to the future fruit your purpose to bear. And I found mm. that to be interesting wording and analogy, right? Yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask you guys both, what distinct moment in time do you think alerted you that career coaching, counseling, or consulting would be something you would be, you would find yourself doing? Oh, that is Whoever such wants a to good go question. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that I don't know that there's one defining moment. Yeah. I, I believe there were a lot of little seeds that were kind of planted over time. Yeah. I will share with you a story of one experience that I remember so vividly mm -hmm. um, of sitting down for lunch with a woman that I worked with whom I greatly admired. She was incredibly sharp, um, very smart woman, businesswoman, and I wanted so desperately for her to be my mentor. 
And I was at a place in my career where I thought, gosh, like, I know I have potential. I know I have what I need. I just need somebody to, you know, scoop me up and mentor me. And over lunch, I asked her to be my mentor. And she said no. Hmm. Wow. She said no. And didn't even really provide a reason why. But that was just very crushing for me because I respected her and held her in such high regard. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember in that moment thinking, one day when I have an opportunity to reach back and help someone else, to encourage them or to motivate them or to mentor them, I'm going to be there. I'm I'm not going to turn anyone away because I knew you know, that my intentions were pure and that I just really wanted to grow and develop. Um, and it was so crushing to be told no, that I, I didn't want anyone else to ever have to experience that. So that was, I think that was one of the first seeds that was planted that, you know, having that um, mentorship is so important um, and planted the seed for me to coach and work with other people someday. Love it. Thank you for sharing. Oh, wow. That's great. Wow, that's awesome. Well, uh, for me, I, I, I'm like you, Danielle. I, I have to say that there's so many points in our lives that they're like little seeds, right? That they're planted along the way. But but I too have like this one story that just sticks out at me. And um, I will say that probably since I was about 19, I've always admired um, professional development trainers, speakers, coaches in the industry. I used to be a part of this leadership development program um, growing up. And I remember asking my advisors, like she would, she would sit and talk to me and coach me in professional development skills as I was like transitioning and getting an internship experience and things like that. And I would say, how do I get your job? Like, how do I do what you do? Just talk to people and develop people all day. I just absolutely loved it. And so I, my first career was in marketing and, um, I didn't enjoy it, but what I always did, I volunteered, any type of volunteer work I did, it was always had something to do with like leadership development, training and development, um, volunteering in youth development, you know, leadership organizations, helping them along the way. There was a point where I was even developing um, training and development programs for like women who were associated with substance abuse and had those experiences and they were trying to get back on track in their career. And so I love that, that field so much, so much that I transitioned, you know, about what, six or seven years ago to the field and worked for about four years designing and delivering training programs in higher education. And about three years ago, this is this distinct moment where I was looking for jobs on the job search for about two years. I even actually turned down two of three job offers that I you know, actually had because I was looking for that perfect fit, something that would marry my passion for the audience that I cared about most and using my gifts and talents for them. And then also just you know, understanding, you know, and, and having impact in that professional development and personal development leadership arena. And I couldn't find that, but there was this interview that I had and it was an interview for a VP of learning and development for a national nonprofit organization. And I, for that role, we had to do a project. Any candidate had to do a project that was very intense. And it was something that a consultant would do. We only had two days to develop a 90 day like onboarding training program for young professionals that were coming into the organization. And I worked my butt off on that project and I put my heart and soul into it. 
And I loved every moment to it. It felt like I was just in my flow and I loved the opportunity to do that. So I, you know, got through the first, the second, the third round. And I said, you know, God, if this is for me, you know, give me a sign. Let me know what it is that you want me to do. Um, but the role still just didn't quite have the exact combination of what I was looking for. And I got a call one day um, after third round interviews were over and I found out that I did not get the opportunity. And in that moment, though, as I hung up the phone, I smiled. And some little voice, I kid you not, said to me, Candace, if you can do this for someone else, you can do this for yourself. Wow. And that particular day, I still get chills when, when I say it. Like that particular day, I was in November of 2015. Um, by January of 2016, I had booked my first training consultant client. Um, with a higher education institution, and I booked five workshops for professional development for young professionals. And in April of 2016, I resigned you all from, from the university I was working at. I was like, I am on my way and never looked back. And it has been an amazing journey. So that was just one of those moments where it was really that small, still voice saying, you know what, go for it, create what you want. If you haven't found it in two years and you've turned down offers, create what it is you want. Love and so that's what I did. Thank you. Yes. So cool to see hear stories that we've lived through. And so this is exactly what the round table is for. Um, I want to jump in and ask you, Danielle, as a mm -hmm. career coach, I know that you talked about, you know, your story of asking a woman to be your mentor. And I didn't hear that <laughs> before. And it's, it strikes me because I think it's, it segues perfectly into this question. Um, you talk about claiming that sponsorship is, you know, is instrumental and pivotal <laughs> in the workplace. And yeah. as far as to say, it's more important than mentors at work, but a lot of women are navigating the workplace without it. Could you tell us a little bit more about your personal experience with the benefits of sponsorship and why you feel like it's so pivotal? Yes, thank you so much for asking this question. It's a topic that, um, I feel that a lot of people aren't talking enough about. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to discuss it. I want to quickly define um, the difference between mentorship and sponsorship, just in case there's yeah. anyone who doesn't understand, because I didn't know what sponsorship was when I first heard about it. Right. But a mentor is someone that you greatly admire, you deeply respect them, you might have a very cordial, friendly relationship with them. Um, they may or may not work at the same company that you work at, um, but they are willing to help develop you, coach you, guide you, and give you advice in your career. And they get absolutely nothing out of it other than the pleasure of seeing you develop and succeed. Mm -hmm. A sponsor is someone very different. Um, you may not necessarily uh, admire or really like them as a person you're probably not going to grab coffee with them you know outside of work but this is someone that you respect what they have been able to do in their career they have position they have authority they have a voice that people listen to mm -hmm. they have a network um, that you want to be plugged into mm -hmm. and it's a mutually beneficial relationship so they do get something out of watching you, helping you grow um, and leveraging their network for you. So that's the difference between a mentor and a sponsor. I think it's equally important that we have both 
However, a lot of us, including myself, I was very focused on, I need a mentor, I need a mentor. When I landed a sponsor, it was like somebody opening the, the red rope at um, an event and letting me in onto the VIP, into the VIP line. Wow. Okay, like it, seriously, like, um, and Candace talks about acceleration. It like accelerates you to yes. the front when you have somebody that's like, oh, I know the owner, you know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the one running this event. Like, come on through the red rope. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's what a sponsor does. Yes. So for me in my career, sponsorship helped me get promoted. Mm. So I was at a place in my career where I felt very stuck in my current position and role. And I was looking to transition to the next level and having someone as a sponsor to serve as an advocate for me to say, Danielle is ready. She's sharp. She has done this, this, and that, and to call on their network of people to also voice in and support me immediately helped me get to, to the next level of my career. Okay. And that's what I want to see other people doing. And so how long, this is a great question, how long mm -hmm. have you had a sponsor? Um, and if you could just be, if you can reference as much as you can, I don't know if you can, mm -hmm. but yeah, can you reference how it has catapulted you in the vertical of your career or like, have you yeah. positions? Have you, you know what I'm saying? Like, did you uh, achieve something in six months time that maybe took somebody else two years time or it typically takes two years time? Yes. Okay. So I have had a sponsor for a year and a half. Um, I was working for two years in my um uh, current with my current employer without a sponsor and in two years there was no growth there was no movement at all mm -hmm. in the third year of my career I started working with this sponsor and by the end of that year I have been promoted wow from from a consultant level to a manager level wow and my employer so in one year's time he gave me the formula he gave me the plan he said this is what we need to do here are the people that you need to talk to. Here um, are the things that you need to do to make sure that you're promoting the great work that you're already doing. And we follow that formula and I checked all those boxes and I made sure that I was developing those relationships yes. that he told me about. And it happened when two years before that, for two years, I was navigating with <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So yeah, within a within one year's time, completely different. Wow. Yes. See, somebody listening is like, this needs to happen on Monday. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. I'm out. Yes. This is great. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> Danielle for sharing that. Yeah. Candace, I want to turn some attention to you just because in this conversation space and in a lot of our conversations prepping for this round table, you just bring such an energy around um, <laughs> People, emerging leaders particularly, being able to hit the ground running, right? And navigating, demystifying the workplace, mm -hmm. understanding the politics, understanding even the game plan. Like, even what, what Danielle was saying, right? Like, it's so interesting that she got a sponsor and the sponsor, like, literally peeled yep. back the veil and was like, this is the game plan. Yes. This is what you need to check off. Yes. And it's like an elevator for you. Push yes. a button, go up to the 10th floor. You exactly. know what I mean? And I get the sense from you that you, like Danielle, have crazy nuggets for people to know, you know? So I want to give a, a chance for you to kind of answer the question of, like, what are some things that developed your passion around that? And uh -huh. maybe that's the question that's really asking, what are those nuggets, right? 
Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, that is an absolute great question. And and I think that you touched on it when we started, when we were saying like, sometimes, you know, we just don't know what we don't know when we right. enter the workplace, right? So we're in college, we're doing our thing. You know, people tell us to go to school, get a good job, get good grades. You know, we get that good job and then no one has actually told us what to do when we get there, right? We've checked all the boxes before, but now we're like, okay, what do we do, right? And so... Um, we think sometimes we know what we do, but I personally, like my passion behind, you know, why I serve, who I serve is because I lived that transition, those lessons in life where ultimately I struggled so many years to navigate my career and advance in the workplace because, as I mentioned, there were so many things beyond those book smarts that no one tells us. We just don't know. So there were many barriers to my success and real world skills that I needed, like how to effectively communicate, you know, in a way that would advance my career. You know, when I get on site at the job, how to make sure that I'm making the best, you know, great impression or first impressions, you know, among colleagues and, you know, how to build these winning relationships, you know, with various people within the organization or even how to communicate in ways that, you know, show my influence, you know, and my leadership. Um, we hear people talk about emotional intelligence all the time. That's a buzzword now, but it existed then when I got out of school and I didn't have it, you know? So it's kind of how do you navigate in those situations? And more importantly, just because I serve diverse, you know, emerging young leaders and young professionals, how do I, you even cope in environments where you're the only one that looks like you, you know? So there's so many things we deal with, microaggressions flying back and forth. How do I communicate? in these situations that still give me, position me in a way as a leader and, you know, I can move forward in those situations. Because I lacked a lot of those skills, I sat for a number of years um, watching who, what those that I knew were less competent peers in various areas pass me by. Wow. And it wasn't until as after I learned those skills did they completely change the trajectory of my career. Yeah. And so yeah. because of the things that I just didn't know and wasn't aware of that, I really feel like a large part of, you know, my upbringing or what I wasn't exposed to um, around like the environments that I grew up in, you know, getting into that workplace, you know, as, as a black and brown professional, I just, I had no knowledge of what was to come. And so it's important that, you know, we demystify uh, the workplace and, and those leadership skills that, no one told us about, you know, or, or the things that we need to navigate through and how to effectively do that to advance our career. So yeah, I'm so yeah. passionate about the topics that I have discussed because I've lived them. So got it. Got it. And if you could demystify maybe three skills that you think, and I think you, you've already labeled some of them, but demystify applying those skills in, you know, scenarios that are career improving moments, if that makes sense, right? Because yeah. it like you're, you're talking about a story, you mentioned it, of mm -hmm. a career limiting move that you made. And it was really, yes. you didn't make a move and it limits. Yes. What, would, what would you say, I guess you should have done in that moment? Hmm. So, so when I think about, when I think about certain, some of the skills that we're talking about that could have limited me, um, one of them comes to mind when I talk about influencing up. So there, when you're communicating with leaders in the workplace, I grew up from a background where, you know, I can talk and talk and tell stories for days, right? But when you don't realize how that translate your everyday communication 
translates to the real world. And for example, um, I was on, you know, one of the one of the lead marketing teams when I started out in my career. And I had an opportunity to manage a six million dollar budget. Why they gave me six million dollars to manage, I have no idea. But I had an opportunity when managing this budget to present um present the the findings and all of the information to our senior leadership, our SVP. And one of the things that I didn't know how to do well was to master my message. So this is a part of influencing up and communicating in very succinct ways because leadership are busy. They don't have time to go through all of the information that you're gonna put in front of them. They want the high level summary, give it to them and move on. And that is a part of your personal branding, your ability to you know, position yourself in a very positive light with senior leadership. But what did I do? I blew it. I came into that um, that room one day. I had an opportunity to present in front of him the budget, and the very first question he asked me in front of the SVP, our senior marketing um, um, officer, he says, um, "Candace, what's your angle? You know, tell me about this budget. What, you know, what's your angle? What what?" And so that was my opportunity in that moment to give him the important points, those right. nuggets. He just wanted high level, and what did I do? My mouth just spewed out like a water faucet. Everything that I knew about the budget. And it seemed like I was talking for, you know, like literally hours and it was only like a, a minute or so. So I'm looking at these faces across the room and it's just myself, the senior SVP and our, and my director. And next thing I know, my director abruptly cuts me off and she says, Tim, I think what Candace is trying to say is, and then she proceeds with the meeting. And so like that, before I knew it, we were wrapping up and, and the opportunity was, the, the, the meeting was over. And yeah. from then on, I never got the opportunity to even present again within that, within that role or within you know, that particular team. And I really attribute, attribute that to not knowing how to effectively communicate, right? And master my message in a way that, you know, I'm communicating in a way that influences up and allows, you know, them to see um, my skills in a way that can help me position myself as a better leader for right. other opportunities within the organization. And so I think that those are very small things that no one tells us about, you know, and how our communication translates to the workplace and how it affects our personal branding and our opportunities going forward. So I would say that that was a really telling moment in my career that when I think about it, if I have the opportunity again, I would know what to, I needed to do. Yeah. You know, this is funny because even hearing some of the stories again, and, and I really want to, it's like the segues here are so natural. Um, I feel like one of the things that came out of hearing your story, Candice, is mm -hmm. how important it is to know how to navigate the boardroom. And yes. you pulled, you talked about this, being able to assess what leaders need yes. and what they don't need. So for example, it's like sometimes, and maybe in our college years, we thought, if we were so, if we're book smart, we need to know all the details and all the facts, yes. you know, spot on, tell people the details and facts. It's like in the boardroom, nobody mm -mm. has time for details and facts. We don't, don't want resources. <laughs> we need you to come with, like you said, succinct information yes. to the bottom line. And I would, I like to call it um, actionable information. So it's, it's the, the, the biggest thing that people need to know or your yes. speakers need to know so that they can make a decision and entrust you with either ex executing it 
or maybe finding something else to do um, based on the data. So exactly. I ask this question um, as a segue from that story is, ladies, what are some of the things that you feel are the career lessons or issues that no one's really talking about, right? Because mm. I really want to allow for space for people who are listeners that look like us to yes. hear us talk about these issues. <laughs> oh my goodness. The thing yeah. that no one is talking about, I would definitely take you back to sponsorship. Yes. Um, when I first learned about it, I read a book called Forget a Mentor, Find a Sponsor. Oh. By Sylvia Ann Hewitt. Very, very good book. And I cannot remember the statistic off the top of my head, but she actually includes statistics in the book um, where studies have shown that people of color are the the smallest um, group that know about sponsorship. Right. So it is an actual fact that we aren't talking about it and that we just yeah. simply aren't aware of it. Yeah. So that is huge. Um, another thing that is starting to come up more and more as we look for you know equal rights and fair pay um, is salary negotiation. Uh, we know that women are kind of behind um, behind men when it comes to, you know, what we're getting paid. Yeah. But I think that, you know, as women, we just have to start speaking up, you know, mm -hmm. more about that. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that we're going to have another conversation on that topic. But those would be like two things that just quickly come to mind for me that, you know, we aren't talking about enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's very good. To piggyback on that, I will say that um, one of the things that, I think is even foundational to our success that people don't talk about a lot. Now it's been more of a buzzword in recent years, mm -hmm. but self-awareness, guys, self-awareness. I cannot say that enough. Really taking time to be intentional about understanding ourselves, you know, our identity, how, how it was framed, you know, what has affected us and what we've been, you know, what we've understood, you know, about our childhoods and how that helps us, how that really um, helps us or, or influences, I should say, how we navigate life and make decisions. But when we start to be intentional about, you know, who we are, what is important to us, what do we value, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, and trying to identify our innate strengths and talents that just come natural to us. Where's our flow? What works well for us? You know, naturally. I think being intentional about that from, from the start is what really helps us save time, saves energies and money as we navigate our career and make decisions. You know, sometimes we're just not enough, we're not self-aware enough to know, you know, what career move do I really want to make? Or what am I just naturally good at? And then we find ourselves, like myself, you know, after years of my career, pulled over to the side of the road, you know, just in a complete panic attack because I was just like, this cannot be my life. This is not what I wanted to do. I want to I want to unpack that a little bit because something mm -hmm. is a big term. Um, yes. Because it means so much. And you've already done a great job of summarizing the different levels of self-awareness, cultural um, values, upbringing, yes. that all of these things play into self-awareness. But your story with you saying that you've, you had to pull over and really just ask yourself, where were you? Describe that story a little bit more because I think other people can really find themselves in you and, and say, well, am I going through that right now? Did I yeah. go through that and not really recognize what was happening? Talk, talk to us a little bit more about that. 
So, um, so this whole side of the road situation happened and probably, so I was started out my career in marketing, I think I told you. And so I had a couple of um, opportunities and on along the marketing journey. And in my second marketing job, I was driving to um, that organization one morning and I had, you know, really at that point had enough of this you know, this daily, you know, grind of, of doing something that just did not connect with me every day. And, you know, I, I was unfulfilled. I felt unsuccessful and I was just completely done. And I just thinking about the day ahead of me and what I had to do, I was driving on, um, for those of you all are in Chicago that, you know, may watch or hear this. I was in, you know, on I-88 on my way to work to Naperville. And I just started to have a panic attack, just thinking about the day ahead and what I had to do and what was on my plate. And I was lucky enough to make it to the side of the road where I just sat there for a moment and tried to, you know, gain composure with my head in my hands. And I was just like, this cannot be my life. That very day, I went into the organization. Now, I love the people I work with, but I said bye-bye. I resigned on that, same day. on that same day. I resigned from that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. I had a mentor at the time and I called her and I said, I cannot do this anymore. anymore. And an important question she asked me was, Candace, what is important to you? Right. What do you value? And I, I, my, my face was all kind of scrunched up on the phone because that was the first time, you know, I, I really hadn't been intentional about thinking about it. Yeah. And that was the day that I really started my quest to start within, start within. Like we always look at these careers and we're, we're conditioned to think about this job or that job. Maybe I'll be good at accounting. Maybe I'll be good at finance or, you know, maybe I'll be good at social media or whatever the case is, but start from within. And I had been, you know, I hadn't been intentional about being on that journey. And when I started to seek, an understanding of what was important to me and what I valued, then, you know, I was drifting prior to that in my career. And by the end of that year, I was in the driver's seat. I had transitioned my career into personal and professional development, the, the learning and development career that I absolutely love. And I took control of my career and I started to navigate and be more intentional and make certain decisions and, you know, gain competence in areas that I knew that were my strengths and where my flow was and where I added value in. And that's when I started to excel in my career. And, you know, I, yeah. So thank you. Thank you for sharing more detail about that story. For sure. um, Some of the highlights are hearing how you had to uh, obviously re-steer your career and then be introspective about what is it. And having that person even challenge you, the mentor to say, what is important to you? And then you look within and identify that. I think, one of the things that I want to share that um, is about self-awareness that I think in the last two years has become more real to me is how much um, culture plays a part, plays a huge role in how I work and how I view my career. Mm. So for example, Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about in my family, overworking is the norm. Uh, Do you see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's not enough to have, one job, one source of income. And we all know, okay, multiple source of income that's like on trend. And that's like a thing that, you know, millionaires have. And so we want to aspire to mm-hmm. have that in mind. But overworking is the trend. So burning out, like constantly living on the edge of burnout is a regular mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And I've 
had to realize that if I want a career that does not mean that I want burnout and it does mm-hmm. not mean that my level of hustle needs to match people in the office. Cause you guys know corporate America kind of has a buzz of you have to look like you're always hustling wait on your brow about to drop. You know, it's like, <laughs> I don't need to look like my level of work doesn't need to look like other people's right framework right. work. And it's been hard because there is a culture, especially in the entrepreneurship world of I'm grinding, I'm working, I'm sleepless nights, I'm up late, I'm up early, I'm right. sacrificing. And it's, I have found my, the, the, the small part of discernment and self-awareness in me has been like, you know what? I don't want this. Yes. Not similar to you, Candice. This can't be my life. Mm-hmm. I can't burn the candle from both ends. I can't be up late. Exactly. <laughs> Something has got to go. And I've, I recently um, just read an article review of a woman who wrote a book called Rise. Called oh, yes. I have that book. Have yes. Book? Yes. Okay. She writes a book. Um, she has like a, a ton of years in the corporate American space. And she, mm-hmm. she actually espouses that uh, one of the insights that it took her years to understand is that she didn't need to do everything. Like she mm-hmm. did not need to do everything. Exactly. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel like there is a black woman syndrome of do everything <laughs> and be superwoman to everyone, mother, yeah. everyone, your community, your church, your family, your job, like your hiring manager, people beneath you and everybody yeah. save everybody, save every black. Woman. <laughs> yes. Yes. Save them, you know, and, <laughs> It's, it can be exhausting. Exhausting, yes. You know? So I just want to share that because a lot of me feels like there is a, and you know, it's funny because we're in the career empowerment space and that's the whole intention of this. But even part of my sort of milestones to my, like my mindset to milestones has been, I cannot do it all, be everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. I am not going to fulfill everyone's expectations. I have got to disappoint. I have to choose wisely who I'm going to disappoint. What am I going to fail at? Because- right at the end of the day, it's not just about having a career. It's about having a life where I can exactly and feel fulfilled, you know, and my body is my only instrument. Like how dare I run it down? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so wise. That is so wise. So self-awareness. Thank you, Danielle. It's, it's a big piece about this whole career empowerment because you can't empower yourself if you're dry, if you're not, You know what I mean? No. Yeah. You no energy. You have no career. Yeah. Like, you're giving all your energy out, right? You have to focus on self. Some, you know, some of that self-care and, and recognizing, like you said, from a place of self-awareness, you know, what, what is it that you really want? You know, and, and sometimes we have to revisit that often, you know, we'll get on a path, but, you know, I think it's important for us to take time, you know, to, to revisit that. And we can do that with very practical exercises. I spoke about core values. You know, we can find, there's a number of core values exercises that, you know, I've used, you know, in my life, you know, to identify what was important to me. And then also really understanding, like, there's, there, have y'all ever heard of um, Clifton Strengths? So like the strip finders, yes. So using these tools that are available to us, you know, being intentional about them and then gaining that knowledge about that self-knowledge for us to be able to navigate and make decisions from that place of awareness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. Does anyone want to talk about any other lost file that they feel like people are not talking about when it comes to career (laughs) empowerment? 
I think I nailed my two. Yeah, <laughs> right. you know what? If I can, if I can just add one more, and I will not elaborate on this long. But there are so there so communication is is a serious skill, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things I don't know if you guys have ever heard of um, this course called Crucial Conversations. Yes. So yes, I haven't read it, but yes, go ahead. and even yes, I have the book like behind me right now, actually, and ultimately, and, and I'll I'll hold it up for for those who need to see it. So crucial conversations. I pub this book all the time because so ultimately, as we're navigating in the word you know space, and we're and we're having these communicate these conversations with leaders and our peers and things like that, we find ourselves in some situations where. Um, we need to communicate effectively to make sure that, you know, even when someone else gets out of line, you know how to bring it back on in, right? Because, and, and, and I will say from the, and I know we've all heard about this from a woman's perspective, you know, about looking like the angry black woman in the workplace, when, you, when, when someone goes off of an, on a tangent, and then you, you know, and, and they go crazy, but you can't. You got to keep it together. That book itself has some very practical skills in it um, to, to as go-tos to manage yourself in situations where, you know, stakes are very high. You know, things get very intense. And so I would say focus on communication is, is a big, you know, key. I mean, I think people talk about it, but managing that conflict you know, from a place of understanding with key skills to have to, that are go to yeah. to diffuse situations, I think are key. Thank you for reminding us to read books that give us practical tools on communication. It is key. It really is. Yeah. I know for me, one of the books that helped me turn a leaf and going to the next level in my career, um, and and really, it's a book that helps people from a ground zero perspective. It's it, I wish they would have given this to me. Somebody would have given this to me when I was in college. Is um, 48 Days to the Work You Love by Dan Miller. And mm. we talked about self-awareness. We talked about um, sponsorship. We talked about knowing our, a little bit of, of knowing our special talents and gifts. That book mm-hmm. really outlines a pace, like a 48-day schedule of things oh, nice. to do. To one, be more introspective, to answer the questions of what you value. And mm-hmm. then taking serious action, which I think people struggle with because in some ways, if someone has a job description in front of them, they know what they what is being asked of them. But mm-hmm. if someone is trying to figure out what career do they really desire, what they really um, think is important, they have a harder time taking action on themselves. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. So that book helped me a lot five years ago. I just ago. wrote it down. I need Did to you? read that. Yeah, 48 <laughs> Days to the Work You Love. Great guy. Um, he also debunks some myths, even in like the spiritual Christian arena, where mm-hmm. some people think if you pray about it, it'll just happen. Like, yeah. if you pray, God is going to give me the job of my dreams. That's right. it. You um, know, and it's like, he's like, guys, this doesn't work. This is, this no. is not, <laughs> not mature yeah. theology. Yes, there has to be some action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Danielle, do you have any books that you want to kind of earmark this segment of our roundtable with? Well, I mentioned before the Forget a Mentor, Find a Sponsor book, which is really good. Again, that's by Sylvia Ann Hewlett. Another one, um, which Gayon, I'm sure you're familiar with, is a Valerie Burton book called Successful Women Think Differently. I love that. Uh, which is just an awesome book on the mindset, the mindset shift that has to happen 
um, in order for us to get to that next level. So that is a, a fantastic book. All right. Oops, sorry about that. No, you're fine. Well, ladies, my last question for this segment is this. I know that your careers are evolving. I know that sometimes the milestones or the goals that we have, they shift as we expand our perspectives, as we grow as people. I want to ask, though, how far or close are you to your promised land of your career? I am definitely still on the journey. I think I have a ways to go yet. Um, I'm at that place where I am ex have experienced the mindset shift. I understand the importance of being in the driver's seat of, of my career and being intentional about it. Yeah. I am coming to the self-awareness of what my true strengths are, what my skills are, and trying to be more purposeful in using them. And I think that's really just the beginning of the next, the next piece of my journey. Like now that I am equipped with those things and I'm being more intentional, um, I'm able to, you know, just, keep going but I, I definitely still have a little ways to go <laughs> definitely I hear that Candice what about you yeah I think I would have to say that you know this is all about the journey right so I sometimes feel like when you know although we may have a particular goal in mind as entrepreneurs it gets stretched often so there's never like a complete finish line or I feel like the finish line is always moving yeah. so for me I feel like I'm definitely on the journey I will say I'm in that you know that beginning stage of the journey yeah. um, but I have been you know self-aware for quite some time and in a way that I believe is you know going to really help be very intentional you know as we talked about I love that word you know in 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 being very purposeful about how things are outlined along the way i would say that so i would be more in the beginning stages but it is going to constantly shift you know as that as that finish line gets longer i may be in the beginning stages you know even two two additional years from now you know because we we have to kind of move that carrot along the way to keep us you know, keep us fresh and keep us relevant and, and, and continue to learn. I know that in terms of my mindset, um, one of the things that I have to do, and as cliche as people say this is, is to believe in myself. Ooh. Because that, oh, yes, Danielle. <laughs> yes, you, I mean, seriously. I mean, when no, it doesn't matter what other people do. I have people that have, you know, been a blessing in my life to pat me on my back all my life, but I didn't believe in myself. So I cannot be on this journey if I didn't look in the mirror every day and say, it's you girl, you got it. You know, believe in yourself first. And the power of my words are everything mm -hmm. because it's very true. You hear so many people out here talking about negative self-talk. That stuff is so true. Because it minimizes you, you know, and you're doing it to ourselves. So our ability to get out of our own way is super important. So believing in ourselves, you know, while we're on this journey, and then ultimately being very careful about the power of our words, you know, choosing them very carefully as we go along the journey, because there's enough naysayers out there. We don't have to be naysayers for ourselves. Exactly. So, yes. <laughs> well, maybe that's the first segment of our round table, I am going to Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
This podcast episode has been brought to you by People's Insurance Services, where protecting is caring. If you're looking for competitive rates for your auto, home, or commercial insurance needs in Florida, call 954-733-8500. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed this episode, please take the time to hit subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher.